Hey y'all, this is El Placaso coming to you live from the West Side. I'm your host, Quote with Reina. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of El Placaso, the podcast. We're going to continue talking about the effect that stay-at-home orders and non-essential business closures are having on artists and the art community. And we're also going to be hearing from youth of El Placaso's Death Hand Comics program, as well as some of our teen mentors slash interns. All of the following interviews were taken remotely for the safety of our youth and most self-recorded in assistance with the podcast. But before we get to that, I'm going to take a little time to rant. Over this last month, we've had all kinds of crazy stuff happen, from protests against shutdowns to false claims of miracle cures involving lupus medication to people claiming 5G network towers were the cause of the illness. Understandably, there are a lot of people that are angry or scared about non-essential closures and loss of work, leaving their lives turned upside down But some people are turning that fear and anger into misinformation and mob mentality. What about concerns for safety and spreading this virus and potentially killing more people? I think it's all hype. We're against these big corporates that uh, are trying to wreck in all these dollars who created the disease and not want to make people pay for the cure. The flu kills more people than this does. Those were participants of Operation Gridlock in Michigan who seemed to be firm in their beliefs regardless of the data against them. The average death toll of the seasonal flu based on the CDC's data is about 40,000 a year. Now that's with everyone out in the open going to work, shaking hands and licking doorknobs. In the time since we've been sheltering in place and stopped essential businesses, the death toll has gone from 550 in the U.S. to just over 64,000. The truth of the matter is that without these measures in place, we could be a lot worse off than we are right now. It's up to all of us to keep our friends and family and neighbors safe and to keep ourselves informed. So be sure that Facebook, Fox News, and Cheeseme aren't your only sources of information, and always check the sources of the information that you do hear. But that's enough for me. Let's tune in to the auto-historia of April Dawn Seja, as she recounts how she came to know art in San Antonio, as well as how she came to be involved in San Antonio Cultural Arts. A little bit about her history and how she's dealing with the trying times of today. I'm April Donceja. I'm from the West Side originally. I am 38 years old and I am an artist. The first moment that I can remember when art captivated my mind was when I was in eighth grade. Um, we were poor and we lived like in 
doing some housing project by downtown and um, I had to catch the bus to school and one morning when I was out there this was like on Elmira and St. Mary Street um, in San Antonio right before you get to the strip um, that's where my bus stop was well one morning I went out there and uh, waiting for the bus and I saw a guy painting this building and he was he wasn't painting the building like a solid color he was painting pictures on the building they were characters and they were very Picasso-esque um, I don't know if they were wood cut out or if like they were it was boarded up and he was painting on the board but it was like the image was like uh, two you know compadres uh, drinking one eye was small when I was was like the almond shape and they were hugging each other and you know choosing beer. it was a beer um, brewery thing I think it was Frio City beer um, but you know it took him a few I can't remember if it was a few days or a few weeks but it took him a while to finish it and the colors were real bright and um, I could remember thinking to myself like I draw like that and uh, it was just so cool that there was art on the building like that was cool it was advertisement and stuff because I've always been attracted to stuff that's in magazines and commercials and billboards just advertisement you know fonts um, composition colors just all that information but visual you know it was just so cool because maybe that's how my mind worked I'm not really too sure um, I have been a professional artist probably I would say probably uh, the Planet K, Dia de los Muertos celebration, um, the second one. It was the second one. I think now they're like in year 11 or 12 or I don't know. I don't keep track anymore. But um, that's when I was hired to paint. And I painted faces. I painted people's face like a skull. And I did that for about eight years. And I even got recognized on the news. They did a little piece on it. It was pretty cool. But, um, I don't know, I guess the better part of, of the 2000s or whatever. Um, and the medium I've had the most success with is acrylic paint. I get oil paint to save my life. Just mixes with each other no matter how long you wait for it to dry. Haven't mastered that, but I'd like to practice more about, you know, the technique or whatever. But when I get frustrated, I just go back to acrylics because um, I know them. And I know color theory. And it's law, you know. When I first started painting, I only used the primary colors, black and white. And it kind of sucked because I didn't have neons, I didn't have pastels, you know, stuff like that. And you can make a pastel, of course, but you can't make a neon. And, um, you know, when you run low on one color, everything starts looking drab. And, you know, it's not what I'm seeing in my head translated to the media, you know. But acrylic paint, I can work with it, I can express my visual thought pretty well and pretty easily. Some of the favorite exhibits that I've been a part of has to be the Family Fun Day at the McNee, and that was through Sarato Culture Arts Center. I got to design a mini mural, and um, it was just a line drawing, you know, it was supposed to be about community. And it came out looking real cool, almost like one of those color, adult coloring book things. And um, the kids loved it and they 
completely painted over the image. At first it started looking cool, but you know, the little kids came in and it just all ended up looking brown and red. Um, but it was hanging in the McVeigh and I had designed it and now I'm able to say that one piece has been in the McVeigh. And I was really proud of that. Um, another one is um, Peace and Remembrance. It was a mural that I helped uh, another artist, Crystal Tamez. Um, I helped her finish it up. She had had some trouble with her assistant and just needed a little help. And um, I was dying to like do anything that had to do with art professionally because I had um, stopped working at my former job before I got involved with Sarato. And it, it was art related. I was the art director at a pop culture museum and um, I was let go and I was devastated and I was over it and I just needed to get my hands back in some art and I guess just by chance she needed help. I was available, offered to help her for free and um, she ended up paying me anyways and we finished the mural on time and it was beautiful and um, I was really proud to be a part of it and I had one of my friends help us. We had a Quite a few people help us, but um, one of my friends helped us. And the subject on this Peace and Remembrance mural was domestic violence. And uh, the community really, really liked that mural. And it was kind of cool because Crystal, it was, a re it was a restoration mural, and Crystal had worked on it when she was a kid. Then she was commissioned to restore it, so it meant a lot to her, and, and it ended up meaning a lot to me because the friend that came to help us ended up dying of a domestic violence related crime and um, so he's on that wall as an artist as well as a victim and it says a lot and it means a lot. I also am pretty proud of the fire station mural because it got so much press. It was so awesome. I worked really hard to you know pull my weight to pull back when I was doing too much you know and, and it brought me closer to the people that I work with now. And um, it really showed that I was dedicated and I was, I was able to do the work. And, um, you know, it showed them that they could depend on me. And that means a lot to me. Now, I've been working with Saka through the mural program and other departments like the, the ASAP, the After School Arts Program with Mr. Midnight and um, the mural program with Mr. Victor. Um, and it's worked out very well for me. I've gotten the opportunity to do really cool projects. Um, I did an, an altar. Day of the Dead stuff is kind of my thing. I like it. I have skulls tattooed on me, painted in every room. I have altars. I like to do altars. Well, we ended up doing an altar for San Antonio Rampage. Um, they do a heritage or cultural thing where they'll change their name from San Antonio Rampage to San Antonio Chimuelos and um, it's the hockey team so that's pretty cool and their mascot is a sugar skull and the city was doing a very large Day of the Dead celebration at the Hemisphere Park and they wanted the, the uh, non-profit kids organization to create this altar that had to be it had to be on wheels and it had to be you had to be able to take it apart and put it together and that was a little tricky and I had like a week to do it and this was during the time when we were doing the fire station mural which was like life on Clever Road. Um, really stressful but 
we got it done. The kids did a great job, and um, we ended up getting some um, press, and they did a little short video that myself and um, um, sorry Ben, the executive director of Osaka, came out on, and so did the kids, and it was really cool. Uh, one of my friends had called me, and she was at a hockey game, and she was like, "I just saw you on the, you know, on the jumbotron or whatever," and I thought that was really cool. Um, and that was through the ASAP program. And I really didn't even plan on volunteering or even working with that program, but it just happened that way and, and um, I'm glad it did. And um, the kids there are awesome, you know? They're a little messy, but they're all pretty good artists and they have the ability to create artwork for the community at such a young age. And that's something that I really like about it. If I was given free reign to create a large-scale mural, the subject matter I would like to expand on would probably be having to do with young people, kids mostly, and um, family. That was something that I always struggled with when I was young, um, not really having a family unit, um, a mother or father. I had my dad, uh, but he didn't come back into my life until I was about 16. But it made all the difference and he was there for me every day until he passed away. And sometimes it doesn't even feel like he wasn't around. I guess when I was 16 or whatever, that's when I really needed him. And he was there and he made my life. But as a child, I remember struggling with these questions about family and why and um, wondering where they were. They both lived in the same city as I did, which is San Antonio. Being alone, um, not really realizing that, you know, family doesn't have to be blood. Family is people who care about you, care for you. And even though you might feel, or I felt like, you know, my biological family didn't care about me, it was important that the people that did care for me knew that I loved them and I respected them and that they were important to me. I mean, there were times when I would, you know, act out and be like, you know, me and family, my mom and all that stuff. But even as a kid, I would regret saying that. And um, I don't really know how I would express that visually, but I'd figure it out. And hopefully it would help like um, orphans and abandoned children and stuff like that. Um, Cause I still struggle with it sometimes, even as an adult, even as, you know, I approach 40, um, you know, it still stings sometimes. And I find, uh, you know, creative expression is a hell of a way to deal with things that bother you. So I've been able to work with a few artists from San Antonio and working with close, well, I'm sorry, working closely with other like-minded individuals has challenged my perception on art. And it really has. Before, before the Peace and Remembrance mural with Sonato, I had never worked with another artist on anything. Even though I was an art director, I would just create visual content and, um, you know, I was just responsible for, for doing stuff like that and we would have shows for artists, but it wasn't ever my art. 
with a little asterisk there. That's a story for another time. Anyways, um, but working with um, other artists, especially on the current um, project we are working with, the city, um, being or having to feel like my input or my suggestions or my creative, you know, miss my creativeness um, isn't being utilized. Uh, you know, just the conflict, like you know. And I'm such a nerd, like I like to keep deadlines. I like to do all my research. I like to make sure that I'm doing what they expect me to do and, and more. And not all artists work that way. And it was very frustrating. I think I cried one time. But I'll never tell anybody that I did, except for right now in this interview anyways. Because it was just so frustrating not to be taken seriously and it in my opinion costed us um, a lot of time and setbacks and we still haven't started even designing that project and I can't wait to get back to it because now everybody's creative input is going to equally be in this mural and um, it's gonna say a lot um, to everybody it's a gateway project it's really important to a lot of people and it's really important to me as well. So I'm hoping this process um, goes much better for me personally once it starts. As an artist and as a person, I'm dealing with this pandemic pretty well, I would say. Um, my partner and I are very good at working together and um, he's very financially um, like set and uh, you know he makes sure that everything is paid that we have our, our bills our money and our bills are are our friends with each other <laughs> um like I, I can't even talk finance and stuff but he's good with the finances um i try to to listen to his direction because he's a great provider and um he's made sure that during this pandemic my children and i and himself and our pets and our home everything is you know pretty much taken care of and we all do our part but the fear I think comes in um, finances um, my daughter just moved back home she's 19 with her fiance the month they moved back they both got laid off and um, I haven't I haven't had any work I haven't had any income since the beginning of March um, because of the pandemic um, and my boys are going to school at home now. It's kind of tough. And they're video game nuts, so because they don't have to go to school, they'll be up all night on that video game, and then it's time for, you know, schoolwork, and they're just, and it, and it, it's, it's taking a lot of adjusting, to say the least. Um, as far as, like, supplies go, you know, we've been pretty good at um, gathering food and um, cleaning products. Um, you know, practicing better hygiene and um, definitely social distancing, which was never a problem. I wasn't scared of it. I was like, I hate everybody. I don't care if I don't see anybody. Um, but not being able to see anybody and being here at home, limiting even trips to the convenience store, designating one person to go, um, you know, doing everything online is not ideal and I really hope that this is not 
going to be the way that things are from now on because it very well could be um i'm the only one that watches the news in the house in this house and they like to say that i'm overreacting but i don't think that i am i'm just informing myself um being ready for whatever's next i'm making sure that everybody in this house does their part to slow the spread to stop the spread to end this quarantine to be able to find some type of normal post pandemic um as an artist of course i started creating art um that had to do with um, covid 19. um right before everybody was ordered to stay home i decided to do all our laundry and i was still being advised you know to be cautious about who you're around and stuff and I went into the laundry rack and right here up the street from my house and there, there was just a ton of people, kids jumping everywhere, just not caring. I mean, you, you would have thought that they didn't hear about it. Like, And everybody was my same race and that really, really irked me, you know? I was thinking like, why, why aren't Hispanic people taking this seriously, you know? Somebody goes outside with their hair wet and they're ready to rub an egg on you and oh, you know, you're gonna get a cold and all this, you know, and you have this worldwide thing going on and you're just gonna ignore it like that doesn't make any sense to me. And I didn't know why the message wasn't reaching these people. And like I said, it was up the street from my house. So these are the people that I live around immediately. So, you know, it's like, okay, y'all are gonna be the ones who are gonna just, you know, disregard these precautions and you're gonna be the one spreading the coronavirus in my neighborhood giving it to me and my kids I, I couldn't just stand by and do nothing about it so I started creating um, artwork that was um, bilingual uh, that had like Tex-Mex slang um, stuff that was speaking to um, the people of my culture um, you know does somebody have to die of it before it gets serious do I have to contract it from you before you realize, you know, all you have to do is wash your hands? Like, it makes no sense. And um, I was just trying to do my part to show these people that it's not a joke. I've been really freaking out about what happens if we survive. Like, everybody is talking about, you know, contracting this virus, dying from this virus, or recovering even, or or just being really sick. Um, but what happens if you don't get sick and you still don't have a job and you still have no income coming in? And I have not been able to get through for unemployment benefits. I applied for that small business loan and I've been hearing that it's, it's all going downhill and I have bills. And I'm, this is everybody's story. So what's the plan for that, you know? What happens if we don't get anything? any kind of relief and they start cutting off our bills we don't have any money for food you know what is going to happen are we going to have to loot and riot um you know are we going to have to rebel against the whole system are we going to have to protect ourselves from people who are just going to go crazy because they don't know what to do and there was no planning and um there was no protecting themselves from situation like this now I do understand it's unprecedented that's the word right unprecedented but you're in the situation now 
I don't even have it all planned out, but we've already started um, planning for the worst case scenario. You know, I am a firm believer in, you know, the right to bear arms. I usually carry a gun with me, even before all this. I know how to shoot, and I've made sure that my children are educated with gun safety, and um, they're mentally capable of being around a gun. Um, it just makes me feel a little bit more protected and um, ready for the uncertain future. Um, I have a garden as well and uh, grow vegetables and um, that's pretty cool. We also have a pot pig that I will eat if need be. I don't want to, but a food source and if it's my kids or the pig, it's the pig, you know? Um, I can't even see what my own future looks like because I don't know what kind of world I'm going to be living in, much less my children's. It's just heavy when you think about it. Saka has commissioned you to create some digital content. What were some of the ideas you thought of and what importance does it explain to the public? I kind of went over that. I was, it was just um, spreading the word to slow the spread. Um, the information on what you need to do to keep from contracting the virus and if you had contracted the virus to keep from spreading it. Um, I feel that that was very important. Otherwise, we're never going to see each other again, you know. Um, the social distancing, that's what everybody's talking about now. And it's, to me, it seems so almost ironic how the way to be together again with our friends and the people that we care about is by staying away from everybody. But it was important to me to get the message out to my gente because um, they immediately affect me and my family. You know, if things go south, my army, my my crew, the people that I will protect, that I am going to contribute to, support, and expect contributions and support from our the five families that live immediately in, next to me. We could all watch out for each other because although we are practicing social distancing with our neighbors, we are all in contact with each other. And I think that's important. So working with Sokka closely the past few years <clears throat> has been really awesome. Um, I love it. I hope to do it forever. Um, it would be really cool to get in with a nonprofit as a career and to continue to do the work. I really like the work that Ben and Victor and Midnight and uh, Quatley are doing. Um, it's very meaningful, it's very powerful. Um, I wish that there were more organizations like that in every neighborhood or in every district. I really think that every district needs a nonprofit community arts program free for kids. There's so much that could be done and it could start on the local level and it, it'll probably create, you know, masters in the craft and more sound people, you know, I think, um, and I say this because like, um, again, the artist Crystal Thomas, she is a product of the inner city program and the sound for culture arts program. As a kid, you know, she was exposed to the art and to murals and, and as an adult now she, you know, she's still in it and it, she 
he's just the coolest person ever. Um, she's smart, she's funny, she's very talented, and she can handle everything that life has been able to throw at her, and she can express herself through art, and I think that really makes a person feel understood, and feeling understood makes a person feel happy, I think. It's a universal thing that we're all searching for, right? Understand me, understand me. Or maybe it's just me, I don't know. So, there are a couple mediums that I would like to try out. Um, everything that has to do with art or creating, I have just dove into it, you know. Um, when I wanted to learn how to build uh, things with wood, I just watched a YouTube video, taught myself, and went at it. You know, when I wanted to do mosaics, Crystal kind of gave me a crash course, and I just went at it. And um, the same with tattooing, <laughs> you know. Just watch some videos, talk to friends, I just self-taught. Everything that I do is self-taught, you know, when it comes to my artwork. Um, but I would really like to work with ceramics, um, with a kiln. Um, I started blowing glass, but again, I don't have a kiln, so I didn't get very far in that craft, and I loved it. I loved, loved, loved making things out of glass. It's so cool, the way they... But anyways, like even scientifically, I did all the research, like the coefficient of expansion of the glass and what's feasible and blah, 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 right? I know all that. I just want to work with some glass and some fire. Um, but I haven't had the opportunity yet, but that's pretty cool. Um, also, stained glass windows. That is pretty cool. Um, and I'm actually like at the very beginning stages of experimenting with that now that I have time at home. Um, I don't really know if art will continue to have an important role on the local level. Um, I do feel priorities have changed, um, even in myself, you know, all the artwork that I had up or that I had around um, my little inventory stash, you know, I wrapped it up, saran wrap and I put it away because it's not important right now to me. I do have the artwork out that I create as I'm creating it, but after I create it, it's put away. It's just in the way, it's not serving a purpose. Um, and that sucks. I do believe that public art is going to be very important, especially if we find ourselves in a situation where the um, norm, or like if we go back into a Great Depression or whatever, if we don't have our our devices, our social media, our you know, ways to communicate, art is going to be a, a way to get that done. It's a universal language. Um, you don't have to speak English to know what I am drawing, you know? Um, so, in a way, I do think priorities have changed. However, the most primitive form of communication. So it's never going to go away. Um, I don't really plan to work on large, small, you know, canvases. Um, I just, I just do whatever I have around me, whatever I find, whatever somebody gives me. Um, I, I like things to happen organic like that. I think it's more meaningful and uh, it puts a good story on your artwork, gives it neat. Um, I do listen to music um, when I paint. I only listen to podcasts when I paint with friends, namely Victor. Whenever I paint with him, he'll play a podcast. 
but I still find my mind, you know, singing songs in my head. Music's pretty cool. I love it. And I guess it does just depend on the mood that I'm in. Um, there are some things I would like to share with younger artists who are having a difficult time adjusting. Um, that actually, to me, sounds, that doesn't sound right. If you're an artist, I don't feel that you have a difficult time adjusting to anything. Art is the way we adjust to things. Um, expression, the difficult, the difficult part of the times are, that is what, that is your subject matter. There is a quote from Ernest Hemingway, and he says to other writers, he says, write hard and clear about what hurts. And see, I don't write, I paint, but I paint hard and I paint, try to paint clearly about what hurts. Anything that I have difficulty, anything that causes me pain is going to be in my artwork. It's going to be in my tattoos because what makes me who I am. The same can be said about joy and pride and anything that you can be admired for or rewarded for or hated for or anything that you do on your own accord from your heart from your head is what I paint about and it's what you should paint about as far as the future goes I don't know what people have to look forward to that's the burning question that's the thing that I'm feeling is difficult and that's what I want to express in my artwork is what is our future. Also, um, I would like for um, people to research artists that aren't in their field. Like if they're painters, look at writers. If you're a writer, look at, you know, ceramists or something, you know, or photographers or so, um, the last question is, if there's any books or podcasts or shows that you recommend? Right now, I am watching The Roosevelt's on PBS, and I love it. Everybody should watch it. If you're an American, you should watch the show on The Roosevelt's. Um, don't exactly agree with the, with the cousin marrying, I will say. <laughs> that was a little odd, but they show um, a true spirit. I don't want to say a true American spirit because I don't think that virtue or that quality is American. I think it's human. Just the desire to give your all, desire to be the best, desire, the desire to do all these things for the right cause, for a good cause, to be a good person. No matter what situation I'm in, I never allow myself to you know go lower than I know I always give my all I always work really hard and I know at times it comes off as being a show off or I might you know be off-putting to certain people but I don't care it doesn't that doesn't affect me in any way I'm always going to do what I know how to do to the best of my ability because that's what my dad did in his life and I admired that about him and just instinctually that's what I want to be that's how I want to be and that's how I want to be remembered 
just somebody who always gave their all, who always did their best. And that's how the Roosevelt's were. So it's really inspiring to me and I think everybody needs to watch it. Next up, we're going to be hearing from youth and teen mentors slash interns from El Placaso's programming. Uh, they're going to be sharing a little bit about the trials that they're facing in education and their work life as they struggle to maintain during quarantine. Alexis, Joey, Cisco, and Addie all did me the favor of recording their own interviews and sending them in. So I'd like to thank them for their participation, and let's hear what they have to say. Hello, this is Alexis Kai Hishikawa. Hello everyone, my name is Adi. I work part of the digital photography for San Anto Cultural Arts. Hello everybody, my name is Joey and I am a student in the Comic Crew class of San Anto Cultural Arts. I feel like this pandemic has really taken away from the uh, personal experience of college, of like talking to people on campus, talking to your professor, and definitely my work experience because with the school shutting down, they didn't really have a need to keep anyone on so that definitely changed my work experience I'd have I had to deal with the changes in the school itself all of it being online as well as uh, everything uh, with work like I have to stay inside so finding a job isn't really something I can do I like to be present in the classroom. I'm a visual learner, I'm a hands-on learner. Um, and I like being in that classroom setting so I have better opportunities to ask for clarification, to kind of get to know the teacher better, for them to get to know me. I don't know, being face-to-face -face with someone helps me understand and listen better when they're speaking. So in terms of college, like having everything online is is really hard for me right now. My Some of my classes are pretty big, so even if I do have a question, it's hard to ask when you have like a hundred other students and everyone has a question. In terms of work, I had two jobs, um, both of which I'm no longer able to attend right now. I haven't been laid off like some of my other peers, so I'm lucky in that sense uh, but still I'm not able to actually go to work and make money and that's an issue because I have school to pay for I have bills to pay for another thing speaking of money I've only been in school two months I think and I paid for a whole semester at UTSA and now we're not even gonna utilize half of the things I paid for my tuition like transfer fees library fees all that extra stuff that you pay for in your tuition so I'm hoping that either students get a refund or we don't have to like pay next semester or something like something is done with that because everything got shut down so I'm hoping we get a refund because tuition's not cheap um what changes I would make 
Honestly, I would like throw this whole semester away and start over. Uh, but I know you can't do that. What I would have liked to have happened with some of, uh, at least in my degree course, because I'm uh, going to be a teacher, there's some like exams I have to take and certification exams I have to do. Um, but because of this uh, pandemic, I can't take them because I can't go to a testing center. Obviously, we can't meet up in groups, right? But even knowing that, the College of Education is not changing like the dates in terms of when I have to get these exams done, when I have to be certified by. There's this one test called a PPR. If I do not get that done and completed by August, then I have to take another test which is two times more expensive and three times the amount of work. So knowing that fact, I wish they would extend those dates and not put us in this situation and stressful situation. Because again, it wouldn't be an issue if I was able to take these tests. I would say that it has affected my social life and so social circle as my friends and I are not able to hang out or even go out because of COVID. Something that really made me think, wow, this is a really big deal, is when South by Southwest was canceled. Because that's a huge event, like one side of the year in Austin. So when that got canceled, I was thinking, whoa, that was real, real big deal. And South by Southwest was something I was going to go to, but that's something I was disappointed that I was going to be missing out. Fiesta was the one event that actually got my mind going and telling me that this is a lot worse than I thought. Honestly, that's when I started to freak out. I'm gonna be really disappointed. I'm really disappointed missing out on Fiesta and the Night Parade. Those were amazing and oh my lord, they're beautiful. There was going to be San Japan, and I'm not sure if that's going to be canceled or not be, because it's at the end of the year. Fiesta has been postponed and moved towards the end of the year as well. There was also the Renaissance that was so far out of town that even that was canceled or postponed. I'm very disappointed on missing out on a lot of general life things and events, but for now there's nothing much I can do for it except wait for it to pass. March 13th through the 16th, I was supposed to go to Atlanta for a NASCAR event. It was for um, an organization called Folds of Honor. That is an organization that helps help, um, military, fa military families pay for school. So it's like a scholarship program. It's a really, really great organization and they're trying to branch out. So they're trying to do participate in these big events and my dad my stepdad who was um, injured military has spoken at these events a few times so they invited our whole family out to this NASCAR event and it's supposed to be really cool we uh, my dad was gonna be my stepdad was gonna speak um, I think we were gonna film like a video the family in terms of what has fold folds of honor has done for us and helped us through and all that jazz. Plus, we get to go to a NASCAR event. We we're supposed to be able to drive, take a ride 
around uh, the track with some of the racers and it was it was gonna be a whole event and it was supposed to be cool and it was supposed to last the whole weekend and I was really really looking forward to this because I my real dad my biological dad used to do drag racing and I used to miss being around that kind of environment it reminded me of like Fast and the Furious where all the cars are lined up, music is playing, their hoods are popped, like all that cool stuff. I know they don't probably do that at NASCAR events, but like being able to be in a race car and have someone drive like 100 miles per hour while you're in the car is fun. That event got canceled and I, that's I guess when it hit me that it was, is a thing that people needed to take seriously and we're starting to take more seriously another thing that got canceled was the nba that whole thing got canceled and that kind of also was one that hit me like oh and it was also around this time that there was a petition going around at utsa saying like we don't want to go back to school right away like can we extend spring break or do some kind of self-quarantine for a week because a lot of people were going to like Miami, Sao Padre, fly like a lot of people during spring break f- uh, go abroad or go out of fly out of state, like go to Vegas and things like that. And a lot of people are like, I don't want to go back to school. And all these people that were going out, like teachers and students alike, faculty, and they're coming back when it says that people should have at least like a 14 day self quarantine. And it wasn't just one of those, we don't want to go back to school type of thing. Like, people were like, I do not want to deal with people who went to Miami or South Padre. And I guess the school listened to us because that same week we got an email saying spring break has been extended. So, yeah. Something I say I would took for granted was just being outside and driving freely and going to the movies. I love going to the movies and now that I can't do that anymore, that's something I feel uh, I really took for granted a lot because I would go a lot of the times to see my favorite movies in theaters. Either socializing or driving. Uh, yeah, I took those two for granted. Socializing it to socialize with another human being other than my family would be amazing right now uh, i am actually in a relationship and because we are not able to visit each other or even quarantine being in fact i'm not able to see her which is a problem and i do realize i've taken that for granted being that i can't visit my friends either there's a lot of things that I did take for granted. The, also, going to grocery stores and not ever having to care that, oh, the, there's no more toilet paper or that all the bread has been taken off the shelf. Also about going out and even generally being outside. But I'm sure that it'll be all fine in the end as long as we keep to what we are told to do, which is wash our hands and not socialize. There's definitely a bunch of things I took for granted. For example, like I've had, like I said uh, previously in some of the other questions, I mentioned that I have two jobs. I'm a full-time student. I'm doing clubs at UTSA, and that has taken a lot of my time away from home. I still live with my parents, 
and, uh, because they live in San Antonio. Um, and I was rarely ever home. I was always out. If I did get home, I would come back super, super late, like sometimes 2 a.m., go to bed, sleep, and then when I wake up, I have to go. Like, I didn't really spend as much time with my family as I used to, and being at home, a lot of my family members made jokes, like, when the quarantine first started, they're like, oh my god, this is the longest I've seen you consecutively at home in, like, what feels like forever. And that made me realize, like, you know, being around family is really important, especially during this time. Like, um, I have older family members, and obviously during uh, this pandemic, a lot of people are, are worried for those citizens that are, you know, up there in age. And I just, I realized, like, being around family is something I missed, especially since I grew up. I'm from an island. And I've always had massive amounts of family around me, and I didn't realize how much I missed it and how much I needed it. I've been dealing with it with literally any other introvert's guide to living with yourself. Doing whatever keeps you entertained and keeping a close contact via screen to the outside world. Quali, I'm sorry if you're hearing crunching, I'm eating oranges in the background. I do keep myself happy and healthy by eating a lot more vegetables and fruits now, which is actually like a much different diet than I had before, which was nothing but junk food and energy drinks. To keep myself happy though, I do what I usually do most, which is sleep in or draw or even scare people whenever we have to go grocery shopping by wearing like Anything that I've usually ever worn in our class, which is the fake horns on a headband or even a gas mask. I'm keeping myself at least generally occupied and healthy by washing hands. Something I've been doing with helping me stay, helping me deal with staying at home is uh, I play a lot of video games, mainly on my PS4. Uh, just to kind of keep me, like, distracted, I guess. Also, I wouldn't have a lot of time to do it, but now I have a lot of time to just play video games, so it's a great way to keep me distracted and kind of keep cabin fever at bay. What is cabin fever? Jesus, is that like when you go crazy because you're isolated? If so, I probably that'd be Addy first or Michael first because I'm the introvert of the family. Anyway, what I do differently to keep myself happy and healthy is that I don't sleep as much, and it's actually gotten my sleep schedule back in order, which was really weird. This actually isn't an issue for me. I am a homebody. I I'm I'm like kind of contradicting. Like I love being out about going out partying or like just doing something fun that's not inside the house but I also love being at home but as I said in the previous question I feel like I've been so overwhelmed and I've been outside the house so much that this like month or so that I've had to stay home hasn't really I haven't really gotten the cases of fever. I think here and there I'm like oh I want to go out like if my mom needs to go to cocktail I like volunteer to go and I hate um, like before, like whenever they go grocery shopping, I'd hate going because I just wanted to be at home, like be lazy. 
it's funny, now that I'm home, I feel more motivated to do stuff. <laughs> uh, some of the things that I do to keep myself happy, I love to journal. I've been super into journaling for a couple years now. I have been doing it in, in the very like traditional way where I just write and that was boring to me. So I've been journaling since I was younger, but have never been consistent with it because I hate just writing. But I found a way to make it more exciting for me, like making it more artsy and crafty. So I like um, bullet journal or journal using more than just writing like pictures and stickers and all that jazz. I love being crafty, so I've been pen palling. I do pen palling, which is fun. Pen palling kind of takes a lot of time because you don't just write a letter. You can include a bunch of stuff like you can decorate the letter. You can send them a playlist. You can ask questions. You can answer questions from them. You can send them like trinkets, like tea bags or little small gifts, make them, like write a poem for them or something like that. My mom is very artsy, so she has a bunch of paint, canvases, and stuff like that. We have a bunch of sketchbooks, um, marker paper, trace paper, all that kind of multimedia paper. So I spend a lot of my time doing arts and crafts. We have a sewing machine. My older sister has been like taking the clothes that she doesn't want anymore, kind of like looking at them and trying to figure out what she can do with them. Like my little sister has been taking old clothes and making scrunchies. My older sister is trying to make like dresses into t-shirts or blouses into um, outerwear, things like that. have been trying to cook more, which I used to think was annoying because I wasn't good at it, but now it's kind of like fun because now that everybody's in the house, we're kind of it's more like a, a family effort. Like I said earlier, I've been trying to clean my room, trying to spring clean, but actually spring clean, like getting rid of things that I don't need. Now that I'm in my bedroom a lot more, I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's a lot of things in here that are junk and I don't like. And cleaning out old stuff can be very therapeutic and very fun. So I've been doing that to keep happy and healthy. Healthy, I don't know if I've been eating more or eating less or eating more healthy or eating worse now. I haven't really... I can't really tell if I'm doing either, but I feel like whenever family has gone to the grocery store, we've been trying to get more healthy stuff. I've been doing a lot of just, like I said, self-care stuff. Like whatever I've been too busy to do, I've been trying to make it a priority to get done whenever I have time after school and homework. I take the time to do something I've been wanting to do, whether it's watch a show, read a book. Oh, I've been reading a lot, a lot these days sketching, art, whatever, like learning new skills as well as fun. Like I've been trying to learn a new language, like Japanese and Tagalog. I've been trying to learn to sew because I don't know how to sew. I've been trying to learn to cook because I don't know how to cook. I think like that's really fun, especially if you're doing them with family or even like my mom is in San Angelo right now and I've been FaceTiming her a lot while I'm doing these stuff. So even if they're not there with you, it's we live in a day where there's media, so it's fun to even just sit down and call my grandma on Guam, catch up with them. Like Those type of things have been making me happy and also been helping me like get back on track, you know, like in terms of taking things for granted. Like I haven't talked to my family on Guam very much because I've just been so busy here with my life in the States. So during this time, it's really good to 
slow down and kind of take advantage of having so much time. I'd say I didn't really take precautions until it got as serious as it did with school getting canceled. Uh, well, not canceled, but the school building itself shutting down and everything being online. And when I found out there was cases reported in the U.S. and spring was extended, uh, that's when I kind of feel like I started taking more precautions, like gathering a few things and um, washing my hands a lot more, using sanitizer. And from there on, it started to get more and more extreme. I think I would have started taking precautions the second my sister ha did. It was when Fiesta was canceled, which really made me panic and think, oh lord, this this is not good. We're all gonna die. <laughs> oh, that's not a good answer. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it was when Fiesta was canceled. I think I took precautions pretty early. Like, one of my jobs is customer service. I work at Barnes & Noble, so I'm always touching money touching things, uh, handling books, and dealing with customers at close proximity. And you know, sometimes you have like people whose money is wet, or they have babies, the book is wet, I don't know, you don't know, you don't know why. And we have, we sell newspapers, so whenever it's not busy, I read the newspaper, and I was reading about the China case in that province that was shut down. And there was like 1.4 million people there, or something like that, and I was crazy. And it was during the lunar, uh, the lunar new year. That is when I was like, oh geez, like that's crazy. And then I think maybe a week or so after that, I was. It was another newspaper about the Japanese cruise ship and how they're being sent to America. Our quarantine in Texas. I think it was then because people were talking about, oh, you need a, your hygiene. It wasn't crazy yet to where people stopped shopping and stuff. Like, there were some customers that were like, oh, people are going too crazy right now. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, they need to relax, right? And I kind of felt the same way, too. Like, oh, it's not, like, that big of a deal yet. But I was still, like, every time I helped a customer, I would hand sanitize. Every time I'd go on a break, I'd wash my hands, come back. Um, I was more adamant about that when I was in public. I wasn't doing that as much in my house until the whole spring break thing. It was around that time I was taking my health a little more seriously. It wasn't until, though, that we had a stay-at-home order that I took staying at home more seriously. Not that I was out and about all the time, but I realized, like, even... Driving to see a friend wasn't something I should be doing anymore. Uh, something me and my family do is we get a lot of hand sanitizer, and whenever we need to, we always put it on. Uh, we always wash our hands regularly. We don't really go around people at all. We're just at home all the time. Uh, we always get as much food as we need um, for all of us, for a whole family of five. And we stay inside, so we don't really need 
to worry about curfew because we don't really go anywhere. We don't really go to crowds. And yes, I feel like this is helping because if all of us are together just being inside, then we can't really uh, do anything. Actually, whenever we have to leave the house for grocery shopping, it is only either two people that are allowed, it is either two or three people allowed to go. Washing hands regularly. Now that's a thing that even before uh, even before Corona got around, I think that was something that everyone necessarily needs because I've never seen my brother's hands cleaner than before. But even then, he's still gross. So he... I know you did. You're meant to. Keeping a curfew. We don't have a curfew. Or hmm, how do I explain that? We don't have a curfew necessarily because all any time we ever actually go out is to go grocery shopping and that's like in the in the middle of the day or even early in the morning or we have it delivered actually which is keeping us from going out and keeping a curfew i think the only thing that would be technically keeping a curfew is my sister trying to convince me to sleep before 12 or even 3 in the morning other than that i think stockpiling food most of the people in our town are actually not taking it very well we actually couldn't find any lunch meats we couldn't even purchase most bread because it was only one per family and social distancing i mean we weren't all that we weren't all that social before but now it's just it's just missing keeping away from crowds my mom does not like big crowds of people so that was never even there before so we're doing we're currently doing everything except stockpiling food other people out there need it more than a lot of people. Some people have pantry full of canned foods. So no, we're not stockpiling food, but we're taking care of ourselves and everything else. So my family did not go crazy with stockpiling on food, toilet paper and whatnot. Like we did not agree with how people were going crazy like that. So we didn't do that ourselves. We do wash our hands regularly. Um, I don't really think we social distance like with each other. I mean, we're not super close to each other, but I don't think we really take that into consideration. We don't keep a curfew, but none of us really leave the house. The only time any of us are leaving the house these days is to go grocery shopping or getting some essentials we're running out of. My stepdad did buy us vitamins, so He's been very kind of like up our butts about taking our vitamins every day. Um, I can't tell if it's helping or not. None of us have gotten sick, but um, we've been like my sisters have been going outside to exercise. They try not to be inside, but they try to do it during a day where it's like like either early in the morning or later in the evening because a lot of people have been coming outside these days so my sister just waits until there's not so many people outside um we're not really doing that many precautions i think the biggest thing that we've been doing to help is staying home like not going outside for anything other than essential stuff so i think that's the best way that my family has been doing our best in keeping like ourselves safe and our neighborhood safe because there's a lot of little there's a lot of babies that live in my neighborhood and a lot of older people as well, so... Um, I think that's the biggest thing we're doing is taking vitamins and staying at home, not leaving. 
my mom and my dad are essential employees and I feel like it's affected us in a way of uh, kind of just being me and my two sisters just by ourselves and also kind of worried because uh, if they're outside being an employee then will they be affected by any of this by the virus and that's something that kind of worries us but also helps in the fact that they still have jobs to go to so that we can get food and things like that so there's positive and negative to both my parents being an essential employee um my sister works for the bear county appraisal district at first she was really worried about what was going on and if it would affect her job but finding that she got paid leave she thought it would be okay so our older sister is part of the Barry County Appraisal District, which is, means, I assume, is an essential thing for her. But she's actually been released from work. My sister is still really worried, but we'll get through this. Um, my uncle is an essential employee. He works for Amazon. I'm actually really, really worried about him because he something going on. My uncle said about some of the workers being upset because instead of them being cared for, especially during this time since everyone's relying on online shopping, they're not being cared for in the way that they feel they should. And my uncle's still going to work. He hasn't been told to stay at home. Not that I know of. So I'm kind of worried about him and his health, and he's older too, so I kind of worry about his health. In terms of like money, like for me, I think my family's okay because my dad's a retired, my stepdad's a retired military, so he gets, you know, his stipends and stuff. But for like for me, I really need money to help pay for school still and um, car insurance and stuff like that. And my older sister, like she doesn't have a job, and she didn't have a job before this pandemic hit because she was planning on joining the military, but all of that got on hold and she's like I only have so much money left that I saved up because I only saved so much to help her through the time between when she quit her job and when she would when she was assuming she'd go to basic training so she's kind of struggling with that too she's debating on going back to school because she's not doing much during this time and she can't join right now the military but at the same time she's like well how am I gonna pay for it things like that I think overall we're okay, but like individual expenses is what everyone's kind of worried about. Since I'm an adult now, my older sister is an adult. My little sister doesn't have like, she's still young enough to where she doesn't have things like car payments and bills and stuff, so it's more of a personal personal issue that we're all dealing with rather than collectively as a household. Okay, so uh, I'm here with uh, Joanna Hernandez from uh, uh, Connect to Flow, and she's actually going to be talking with us a little bit about health and wellness during these different times, health and wellness as, uh, as people from the West Side, as people of color, and also um, just 
things that we can do during this time to kind of flip things over, to kind of help ourselves out. Um, so yeah, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi, my name is Joan Hernandez. I'm with Connect to Flow Wellness. And a lot of the things that I do um, before this quarantine happened, um, I was an educator, also just um, going to the um, child care center, like a particular, there's one down the street, down Casa, and just showing positive interactions and guidance. I would also volunteer at my son's school to um, teach, you know, mindfulness for kids and children, to teaching them how to self-regulate. And, um, and also I was on Thursdays, I was also teaching um, yoga at at the south side near Nogalitos and then every now and then I would also teach at the park and it's basically it's just promoting a lot of the a lot of the things I do is just doing a lot of like you know health and wellness but also mental wellness just to learning how to take care of you the mind and the body and just giving those tools sharing those tools that you are um, a person or you already have within you and which is that which is the breath and um, it's just giving you the info and then you applying it as well. And and, and plus it's just, um, I have a lot of fun with it. It's just having fun and just sharing knowledge, just sharing skills because I do believe in my opinion that um, we are, are all human resource. We all have these skills and tools. And you know, if I have something I'm willing to share it to one another, you know, so we can use it as well. So we can build as a community. So yeah, that's so, I do. I have a lot of little things on the side. Yeah, as as we've talked before, uh, I also actually I remember you talking about a lot of the things that you did are actually free, like oh, yeah. you 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 make these things accessible and free to the community. What kind of things that you did fit into that? Well, the thing that was free was like you know me volunteering as a parent at my son's school, even sometimes at the park here around my neighborhood, like giving doing you know kids yoga even adult yoga even at the park i would be teaching that i was teaching yoga at the park just for as a community just sharing because um i have noticed like how much yoga has helped me not just like my health and well-being my body but also my mind you know just not feeling so anxious because like sometimes we're just thinking about the past and you know we're just or we're just too worried about the future but you know as what yoga has helped me is just, you know, just to be here right now. And it's helped me a lot. So that's why I wanted to, I just got very inspired. And I just wanted to share that for free in the community. And, you know, I would basically let my friends know and then other, their friends were starting to come to the park and I was like, they're at the confluence. Sometimes it would be even at Roosevelt. And every now and then I even did um, parenting, you know, a whole family group of like family yoga, I would call it like, yeah, family yoga, but it's basically to to just come back to bonding, that bonding time with one another and playing with the kids. And yeah, it is it's it was a lot of fun too. But right now I still at the moment I do Facebook Live, um, I do YouTube videos and and it's basically basic um, you know, chair yoga too, I do it for free. Um, so I do a lot of things for free just to share that with people. And because, you know, I, I believe that it's meant for everybody. It's not just a particular group, but it's meant for everyone. It doesn't, and then what I like to always say, if you have a body and if you can breathe, you can do yoga. 
All right. Well, actually, yeah, let's let's hear a little bit more about what it is you're doing right now. So you mentioned Facebook Live and you mentioned some videos. What kind of things are, are you putting together and uh, what, what kind of has been working so far? Well, on Saturday mornings at eight o'clock at Facebook, on Facebook, um, Connect to Flow Wellness, I'm doing chair yoga at 8 a.m. So it's, I've noticed I've been getting a lot of like messages and you know, like because many times we get intimidated by yoga and I was doing it also on the ground, just like, you know, but I've noticed that coming up and down, you know, it, it can it can be a bit challenging. So I want it to be more accessible to everyone. And I usually like to call it mindful movement. You know, because sometimes I notice that when we hear about yoga, it's just like, so I'm calling it mindful movement, just to be more mindful on how we move in our bodies. And then on, um, so yeah, on Saturdays, um, I teach that. And on Monday mornings, it's from, it's at 7 a.m. It's more breathing, breathing, a breathing exercise. Um, it's more of being aware with our breath, connecting with the breath. But I do involve a little bit of movement in there, and that one's for 30 minutes. And I've made a couple of videos too on YouTube. And I've been doing some vlogging, but lately I've been sharing some more YouTube videos of chair yoga, even um, some stretching, but I'm still gonna add more into it in the near future, probably like tomorrow or a couple of days. And I've also done another channel that I call Sunshine Movement for Kids. Um, that's more my kids, um, mindfulness for children, just for them to learn more about their mind about their emotions and about their breath and to just to learn how to self-regulate you know just and as well as for us too you can even use it as a parent we can as families and adults we're still learning how to self-regulate with you know what's going on so yeah that's a lot of the things my little side projects that i'm doing at the moment awesome so i guess kind of as a you know as a wellness advisor and and to somebody who's looking out for the wellness of people in uh, in the barrio and the neighborhoods here uh, of San Antonio, I kind of also wanted to just kind of like reach out and ask you, you know, during these these shelter at home times, what it is that people could be doing to kind of be mindful or to look out for the health being that, you know, they're not getting in and out as much as they probably might have been doing before or should be. Yeah, um, some of the things like um, I do suggest is just know, I guess a lot of the things I do suggest is just be mindful of what you're hearing and what you're watching all of the, uh, a lot of the time because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm basically say I'm very, I am very spiritual and I you are mind, body and spirit and basically uh, we got to take care of our mind of what we're taking in because if we're watching too much things that is just giving us anxiety is going to also affect our health, affect how we feel. And, you know, it's not going to, the the, roast, the results is not, it, it shows it. You can see it through the behavior. You can feel it in your body. You can feel it and you can even notice it in your mind and your thoughts. So if you notice, like, if there's a lot of, like, you know, sometimes if, you know, you know it's regular, just to, it's okay to keep updated. But if you know that your mind is just, running and if it's getting worried just sometimes just turn that off and and or hear some upbeat music um dance get a little bit of movement some little bit of flow you know if you love to dance dance and um you know it's good for the hips too i've always in the classes that i teach 
I love to do a lot of hip movements because we store a lot of emotions in our hips. So I encourage a lot of dancing, get your, you know, seeing, you know, that's also a good um, booster for your, for your emotion being. And then also take a little walk around the neighborhood. It gets a little bit of sunshine because the sun also has like vitamin D, which helps for your bones, your immunity system. Um, it builds your immunity system. It also helps with your brain, with that serotonin. It helps boost that energy up. So if you feel a little bit down, like if, you, if you're feeling it, um, go on the porch, you know, and also connect with your breath. You know, you, you have the breath. And many times we're like, I am breathing, but really take in, um, notice that breath when you breathe in through the nose and then just notice it here because bringing awareness to the breath is also good for your health too because it invites that oxygen with your cells and circulation so even stretching even if you have a pet take them for a walk if you have kids you know play with the kids a little bit you know just um just get some movement you know if it's even like 20 minutes or 30 minutes of your day because it's so important for your body yeah and there's a lot of channels there's a lot of resources um now and just connect with them and you know um and even if you like to draw even draw outside if you want to do that too even garden begin to garden um, tend to your plants all of that is a form of health and wellness too yeah so even before i didn't usually get out that much unless unless i was like riding my bike to work or yeah. or taking the dogs out or something like that but you know, I didn't actually spend that much time outside, but right now I'm actually, because I'm fortunate enough to be able to work from home and I have time that I would have had to either spend going back and forth or being stuck at the office because I'm trying to fix, fix or finish something, you know, I can take a break and I can go outside. You know, I can, like you said, work on the garden a little bit or just decide to do something that I would normally do inside, outside, like eat, go outside and eat. Even if you if you went out and decided to pick up a trash meal from from McDonald's or Sonic or Whataburger, you know, whatever, it's 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 food is good, but you know, if you know it's like maybe not the healthiest thing, at least do yourself the favor, sit outside and eat, yeah. you know, like yeah. enjoy enjoy some time outside. Like you said, I, I like what you said about yeah, it's important for us to stay informed, but if you find yourself kind of tipping over the edge, you find yourself getting stressed out over all the stuff that you're seeing, yeah, yeah you need to, it's up to all of us to know when we have to cut ourselves off. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, because that can, that can really be stress, stress is, is extremely detrimental to our health. But I mean, yeah. besides that, you know, your stress is also, uh, contagious and there's yeah. there's no there's no masks for that you you, yeah. you pass you pass stress around just as easily as you say words or share a look yeah. or something like that so so yeah yeah we should really do our best to try and keep ourselves from getting stressed out over what's happening and just know that everybody including yourself is is doing your best to to do something about it that's one of the things too like um I shared a quote not that long ago and because that was a bit, you know, all just, I felt myself, I felt my mind, I felt my body, you know, I'm human too. I always tell people I'm human and um, I, you know, I, I have a, a teen, teenager and then sometimes I have to like get them out, come on, let's go. And I've realized like, you know, sometimes as adults, you know, as people, it's, it's, it's in nature, like we want to take control of everything. but 
that's when we feel anxiety and stress because we have no control of what's going on. But the thing is, what I've noticed in my thought, I was like, huh, you know, um, just because there's chaos going around you doesn't mean you have to invite that chaos and for it to disrupt your inner peace. You know, I, I can manage, what I need to manage is what goes on with me and my mind and what I can manage here around me and that's my home, you know, maybe my, my son, the closest thing is I have around me, but um, I can just do a little bit of time, what I can do and work from there because um, if I start like, oh, if I, I need to do this and that and that's out of my reach, I'm gonna just be more um, harming myself. So it's just take care of you, your inner peace. You know, your inner peace is very important, very important, taking care of your mind your soul your 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 well-being everything now because your mind especially your mind yeah that's one of the things i do advise a lot and just breathe you know breathe i really really would emphasize really connect with your breath really because your breath will take your breath will take you a long way and you'll notice that just noticing your breath will um ease your mind because as long as you begin to um also um you notice when you begin to manage the way you breathe, it begins to help you how to manage the thoughts that come in your mind. All right. So let's see, what are the, what are some of the ways that we can check out what you're doing online? Where do we look for you? Um, you can look for me on Facebook, um, connect to flow wellness. And, um, even if you don't find me, um, my name is Juan Hernandez. You can find me on Facebook. It's like, it's, it doesn't have my face, but it has like this emoji that kind of looks like me. And, you know, you can send me a message like, hey, I saw your your um, video, you know, can you link me to this? And also I have an Instagram. And um, on those two links, I share a lot of like, you know, even tea remedies, like, you know, things that are good for your lungs. Like, you know, for example, with ginger, if you heat up ginger and, and lemon, it's good for your throat, your lungs. It's, you know, I even share a lot of like, um, you know, like little, like the perfect, like the, I guess like what is good for this? Like for example, tomatoes is good for your heart. Just a lot of like, you know, because I do, in my opinion, I think our vegetables and fruits are natural medicine, our natural remedies, even our herbs. So, and even on YouTube videos, on the YouTube, I tend to, um, I link and I share a lot of YouTube videos on those connected flow wellness on Facebook. But a lot of the time I'm, I do share a lot on Facebook. Um, a lot of the, um, live streaming. I do live streaming on there. Right, right. Yeah. And you said you were uh, you were working on building up a YouTube channel as well, right? Yes. I, I Well, there's some videos already there on YouTube, but I'm going to begin to still build more and add more videos on that channel. Okay. And, and then I do advise once you, when, when you, if you do, um, when you do the practice, I do advise to drink water, like after that, because like we do breathe and we move a little bit slowly we just very mindful movements so i i'm very excited like whoever wants to join join so and if you have any questions just ask you know ask it doesn't hurt to ask cool so we can catch you on on saturday on saturday mornings at 8 a.m and then on mondays Mondays. At, at 7 a.m. And then soon, I'll, if I add another day, I'll be adding it. I usually very repetitive. I add it on the stories when I'm adding a different day, when I'm sharing again. I add like um, 
I do notify the people um, who's following me. I even um, notify the on my regular page, on my personal page. So I do notify like, oh, um, well, you know, tomorrow, um, like Saturday, like this Saturday morning, Saturday at 8 a.m. We're doing chair yoga for an hour. You know, you can do half of it, but soon I do want to begin to share some videos, like 20 minutes, but that would be on the YouTube because I know people want to do like that short minute of time, and it's okay. You know, um, and um, that's some of the things I'm gonna, I'm going to be doing in the near future. Right. So yeah, you may be thinking, you know, oh, I'm not into yoga. I don't do yoga, whatever. But you know, right now it's really important that we get ourselves moving, that we do anything we can to to keep ourselves healthy. And you know, just think about it. This was uh, this was a practice that was invented by Black and Brown people. Um, yeah. Just on the other it side was. of the just on the other side of the world. I mean, we may think of it very differently here, but. Uh, this isn't, you know, this this doesn't belong to anybody else. Like we, we can keep ourselves. We have just as much the right to keep ourselves healthy as anybody else does. So uh, yeah, check out check out Joanna's channel. Check out her her Facebook, her live stream. Uh, hit her up with questions about, uh, you know, if if you may be maybe a little bit less mobile or things like that. And I'm sure she has different yeah. tips on what you can do. Check out her chair yoga and uh, her mindfulness for youth as well. It was I call it sun sunshine movement. Because sunshine it's just movement. Like, right. Yeah, just like, because they're like yeah. our next generation. And you know, well, wait, I, I'm glad that you said that because I, I recently said yoga doesn't discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, so check out Sunshine Movement, maybe something you do with your kids to keep them moving around in the morning or something. Get, give your, it gives you something to do in the morning when you're stuck at home. Yeah. Please go check her out. Thank you, Joanna, very much for helping us out with this segment to yeah. have you on again. And yes, uh, most yeah, thanks again. All right. You have a wonderful day. All right. Thank you blessing. too. I'd like to thank everyone who participated in this episode of El Placaso's podcast. If you're interested in participating or you think you have something to contribute, please uh, write me at elplacaso at sananto.org. That's E-L-P-L-A-C-A-Z-O at S-A-N-A-N-T-O dot O-R-G. Also, send me an email if you're a musician in the San Antonio area and you'd like one of your tracks featured on our podcast or one of our YouTube videos. We'd like to thank our supporters, the City of San Antonio Department of Arts and Culture, Bear County, Russell Hill Rogers Fund for the Arts, San Antonio Area Foundation, Texas Commission on the Arts, HEB Tournament of Champions, and Google Fiber for supporting us and helping us make all of our programming a possibility. And of course, thank you for tuning in, and we hope to see you on the next one.